Welcome to the smart community. Smart region, smart towns, and smart cities. It's where we live, work, and play. With smart communities, the future starts today. Big data, smart mobility, emerging trends galore. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. Hi, Smart Community friends. I'm back with another bonus episode of the podcast that brings together multiple guest answers to answer the question, where to next for smart cities and communities? To round out Ask August, this time I'm sharing with you the answers from our guests this month. You'll hear from Emily Royal from episode 122, Matt Schultz from episode 123, Sean Ordain from episode 124, and Marissa Rakamalara from episode 125. There are a couple of main themes in this episode. You'll hear these guests talk about being community-driven and taking the obligations of governing their constituents very seriously, as well as issues of scalability and questions around ethics and social license when it comes to emerging technologies. All the guests agree that we need to be engaging with these wicked problems and asking the hard-to-answer questions now so that we can create a future that is more livable for all of our communities going forward. This episode was brought to you by the Australian Smart Communities Association. And as always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Where to next for smart cities and communities? Where to next? So I think uh, at least for San Antonio, we're going to continue to try to pioneer this model of community-driven smart cities. I think where to next is going to be continuing to like foster this dialogue about how data flows through smart cities for better or worse and what that means for individuals. I think another kind of thing that's been floating in my mind is this idea of renegotiating the social contract in the smart city. So in America, like where we vote, right? We're in a democracy and now that technology is changing, you know, not just our perception, but also how we vote and where our voice is relevant. I think the kind of the thinking next is going to be, well, who holds the keys, right? Like, I think more and more, those who hold access to information and to data are really the power brokers in our society. And that means that we need to think carefully about what that contract looks like between power brokers and people. And if those power brokers are not the government anymore, (laughs) right, then what does that mean for democracy? How do we vote in a capitalistic society, perhaps, right? So those are kind of the questions on my mind looking into the far future of, of all of this. Right now, we're exploring, we're experimenting, we are working hard to protect public interest and everyone's right to the smart city. But looking forward, I think that's going to be kind of the topic on the table is what does that social contract look like? Who has the power and who can access that power? Mm. That's so interesting. Thanks so much for sharing that. Where to next for smart cities and communities? I think really it's about scale. I mean, a number of the cities have been working on it for a while. I think it's continuing to try and translate the longer term ROI or value case to try and move pilots and early deployments into scale, scaled deployments, or even as business as usual type deployments. I think that's what the challenge is. I think that's where 
there's there'll be a fair bit of focus that I want to spend um, myself on that over the next probably 12, 24 months to try and really drive through and imagine if every particular city asset in a particular area was you know was fully connected and what does that actually mean in terms of the service that it provides um, the way the money that we spend to maintain and operate those services and assets so look it, it's a very much a, a very city council asset management efficiency sort of dividend management type of uh, discussion there but it's certainly one that's important to have because how does this actually work you know, across a city at scale and what does it actually mean in terms of the benefits or, or I suppose, is there the benefits? Is there the value? And that's an important question that we shouldn't lose track of either. So so that's where I, I think we, we need to spend more time is, you know, how do we actually move from pilots and strategies into scaled and, and, and sustainable implementations? Mm, yeah, and what the value is that from a council perspective, it may need to be, it may need to be that financial aspect of it as well as you know the human aspect and all type of things. So there's lots of things that need to be considered. Absolutely, it, it well it'll need to be both, right? So because we spend a lot of money already, you know, maintaining and operating, I suppose city infrastructure, and yeah, you know, so we we do need to understand and look at those opportunities just as much, just as importantly as the human-centred or the people-facing type of services and products and experience side of the equation as well. So they they very much are part of the same story, but one will directly or even indirectly serve the other as well. So, you know, it is, it's definitely a big part for the councils to get their heads around. So where to next for smart cities and communities? So from our point of view, we've worked out it's a thing. <laughs> and yes, these are not toys, they're tools. And so now it's a case of now that we've proven that this is worthy of investment, how do we scale it into the full metropolitan scale and into the national scale, which is enormously challenging. But uh, unless you have the conversation, you never get there. Yeah. So start with the conversation and then work out whether I don't want to just say trial and pilot because it's not necessarily a trial or a pilot, but, you know, do something small scale and then thinking about what are the resources that are needed to be able to fully scale this if we determine it's successful and something we should be doing. Exactly. I mean, with ourselves, we have a a great number of smart initiatives embedded across our organisation and our partner organisations. And we have the scale of a small ecosystem now. The challenge for us is how do we work with our staff so that they see digital as an aspect of what they do rather than as someone else's job, a little bit like the way health and safety used to be. And it's around training them to understand concepts like social license and how it changes across the city, depending on what you're doing, understanding things like privacy, how our machine learning works, all these things, not so much because they need someone else to do it for them, but more so that they know when to ask for help and to understand sometimes the strategic importance of what they're doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Where to next for smart cities and communities? Well, I think following the same theme of what we've already discussed, I really believe the technology will keep getting better. So that will keep blowing our minds about what's actually possible out there. And initially, it will cause some difficulties around issues like data governance, fears around surveillance capitalism and organisations. 
especially governments, being able to handle the information and use that information to generate insights rather than just collecting it because we can. I really believe that as we start solving these issues and we start working through those challenges, our decision makers and communities will become more comfortable with what can be done and how to use it. And then we'll start to see a greater alignment between being smart and achieving our community goals around livability. So I really think that's about where we're, we're heading to in the very near future. Yeah. And I like what you said about having that vision. I think that is important. I think I was a little bit bumming on having a vision because I think it's really important because there are so many things that will be possible even maybe next year, but let alone in the next five or 10 years that we can't even think now. So if we don't have that kind of vision and then continue to, I guess, upgrade it as you know, new technologies come on the market that could be really useful and really transformational, which we might not even realize yet how much that will impact our lives. I think we really do still need to have that, but then realizing that it's about those incremental changes. When those add up, they can make a real difference. Like you said, that kind of stacking effect of those small changes that can happen. That's right. And it really circles back to those long-term community goals, which are essentially unchanging. But what's changing is our way of getting there and the path we take to make that happen. And I think that's what's really exciting for smart cities into the future. Well, smart community friends, I hope you really enjoyed that episode, which was brought to you by the Australian Smart Communities Association. We had a lot of engagement this month. People were really resonating with the messages. So if that's you and you haven't reached out yet, please do let me know. You can hit me up on the socials or you can send me an email. Now, I thought to round out this episode, I would just share my thoughts on a couple of the key themes. So one of the key themes of this Where To Next is the fact that we need to start thinking about and talking about the changes in our democracies, how decisions are being made now because technology companies hold a lot of that power. And what does the future look like in this scenario where we have more power or the changing power dynamic? Well, actually, it's not just one future. We should talk about futures because it can go very different ways, which is why we need to be involved and why the community must be involved in shaping this. The power dynamics are changing for better or for worse. But what I think is really important is that we are well informed as citizens, as the community, and that we and the general public are able to access reliable information and are able to understand what it means. What is our data being used for? It's really important that the community are data literate. And this isn't easy, but it's something that can't be swept under the rug. And I think it will be harder and harder to get that social license operate that we need if the greater public good intention isn't fully apparent to the community. This literacy is important when we talk about being able to scale and only scaling where it's relevant to do so. So from a council perspective, to reap the efficiency rewards and have the most positive impact, we need to be able to scale it across the different communities or the different areas that it's relevant to. And this is both from everyday operations and maintenance to also new and exciting community initiatives that can really transform people's lives. Because as Matt said, it's not good enough from a citizen's perspective anymore if the government system isn't efficient and easy to use. And I really think we do this by using smart whatever, smart strategy, smart technology, smart whatever, to actually achieve our community goals, which is something Marissa spoke about as well. The community goals, which are essentially unchanging, but this smart thing gives us a new and hopefully better 
and maybe even faster way to get there. I'm really keen to hear your thoughts, smart community friends. So please reach out. All the guests on this episode have said that they are willing to engage with you. So please let me know if you want to chat with any of them any further. Okay, that's all from me for now. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website, mysmart.community. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community or find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter at smartcompod. That's com with two M's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears, so thank you in advance. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. 